Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Okay. All right, back together. Hour two, home improvement, lunchtime, middle of the day, bean time, soup time. Put a few shrimp on the barbie. Well, a little chilly for that. We'll talk about that another time. Phone lines for you, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free anywhere on the globe, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. Bring it on, bring it in, let's talk about things important to you. Uh, we uh, talked about stripping quite a bit, um, repairing some concrete. Uh, perhaps I'll take you a little bit into ice melt here. Uh, you, you just heard from uh, MoDOT and IDOT. Uh, Missouri Department of Transport and IDOT. And basically, the long and the short of this stuff is um, any of, at, at this temperature, right at the freezing temperature, most all of these ice melts will work. And I think we're only forecast to get down to 18 degrees tonight. So it, most of those um, ice melts will treat what's happening tonight. When you get down below 15 degrees, Boy, they get uh, less effective um, because to to get that deep a temperature, you really need some you know some form or variation of of salt, which is pretty caustic. So anyway, the point being, uh, you're uh, for an asphalt driveway, uh, just your blacktop asphalt. You can use rock salt. There's no really really big deal. <clears throat> the uh, salt or the ice melt doesn't really attack or threaten the um, uh, the coating or the structure of that plastic rock binder which is asphalt uh, and the second one uh, and, and rock salt is NaCl or sodium chloride uh, calcium chloride it's more effective than rock salt it'll take you down uh, to a little deeper temperature but that's you know calcium chloride really messes up metals so it will rust metals and that's the issue so your calcium chloride your um, sodium chloride those are the things that affect um, John's front porch in hour one on the concrete that was deteriorating, you know, and then urea, which is basically it's a, it's a de-icer and they're pet safe. They're nitrogen rich, um, but it's a urea um, and it's formed in the liver. Uh, and it is part of uh, urine. It's not urine, but it is a chloride-based, uh, not, not as nasty as the chloride-based de-icers. Anyway, the point being rock salt works on asphalt. Uh, it will uh, work on, on concrete, although I don't recommend it. Calcium chloride is a second choice, and then you get into some other things, you know, magnesium chloride. But basically, fertilizer melts snow because of the high... Um, nitrogen content in it. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred puts us together on the phone line. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred and eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. My name is Scott Mosby. I've been on air since nineteen ninety five with KMOX. Um, pretty much every week, uh, and uh, I enjoy it very much so uh, because I get to meet people like Jan coming up next on the phones. Let's go see what's happening with my friend Jan. Jan, good afternoon. Lunchtime here on KMOX. How can I help you? Oh, Scott. Well, I think I've got a big problem. I live in St. Louis County, and I think I have a service line leak with the water. Um, I've noticed a really soggy area right outside my the front of my house outside the basement wall directly in front of where the water meter would be inside the basement 
Okay. I kind of, looking back now at, at the symptoms, I think this may have even started back in September. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have irrigation, but that it was professionally winterized, you know, blown out all of the lines at the end of October. Uh-huh. But yet this really soggy area, uh, I noticed today, I haven't been out a lot uh, in those last two months, but it is really, really wet. And it feels to me like it's getting to be a larger uh, area. So I had several questions, but maybe just help me out and understand wh- how do I approach this to repair it in the first place. Uh, first off, <clears throat> if you have moving water inside um, a copper pipe, which will be commonly, how, how old is your house? 45, I would say, 45 yeah, years. So you, you've got a copper water service coming into your house. Is that okay. true? I would think so. What I can see in the basement, uh, mm-hmm. the few inches that come into the water meter uh, appear yeah. to be copper, and I believe that is this, the situation with my regular pipes within the house. Okay, if the water, <clears throat> so my point is when water is running, it generally makes a sound. Um, and since your meter is inside the house, uh, this is basically um, uh, not going to turn the water meter. It's the leaks on the upside, on the outside. That- I feel like that's true. I just checked with the water company who would have taken my reading about seven mm-hmm. days ago. I haven't had gotten the bill yet. But given the dollar amount that they said my bill would be, it, it certainly doesn't sound to me like it's affecting anything related to my water bill. Yeah. And I noticed no water in the basement. It's very dry, always has been. This is just right outside. Well, if it keeps leaking like that, with that abundance, that close to the foundation, you know, you're kind of eventually asking for some sort of trouble. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would start with the water company first. And uh, did, were they willing to come out for a service call? Yes, they said it would be another week, uh, but yes, and I'm hoping there won't be snow on the ground so they can really see what's happening at that point. I'm not sure they're going to need to see a whole lot of what's going on on the ground. And keep in mind, the soil stays warm. So even if we get to 15 and 18, you know, we have to be there for a couple of weeks before you freeze that soil. Okay. Um, so it can get perilous at the at the surface where it does freeze right at the ground, but down lower. Uh, but the, the ticket here is if you, almost like a stethoscope. If you have a stethoscope, you can put it on the pipe. You can actually kind of lay your ear on that pipe. You have to turn everything off inside the house. Um, that includes don't flush toilets and all that. But if you hear kind of a little bit, and it would be just a simple pitch, you almost need to know what you're looking for, just like a physician or a nurse okay. through a stethoscope. But it will make a little bit of a sound. Um, if, if you're... If you're um, meter was outside the house out in a pit in the front yard then i would say out there then you can go out and look at that meter it has a little lid on it you pull the top off and you know look at the top of the water meter and it'll tell you if that was moving out in the yard then you would it you would indicate a leak but i don't know how you go about this i think your first stop is the uh, water company and see what they say i noticed on the website that there's some kind of a County-sponsored repair program, it looked to me like anyone who had Missouri American Water uh, was always paying on their bill, uh, Mm. just a few dollars with every bill that helped to fund this, but it's a a bid process, the lowest bid wins. Have you heard anything about that? Is that a productive way to go, or do you think maybe more time is of the essence, given winter weather, et cetera, and I should just 
go for a pawpaw or whoever it is that's supposed to do this. I, I wouldn't be in a hurry yet until you get the water company out there. Okay. I am familiar with the sewer lateral program. So what okay. you described ter- perfectly fits a wastewater sewer um, and oftentimes it's coupled with the water because they figure out how much sewage you're creating by how much water is coming into the house. Okay. So that's how they gauge the sewer bill, if you will. So I'm not sure or aware of one for replacing the potable water supply pipe or repairing that. That's a little bit news to me. But on the sewer lateral program, that's been out for 20 years. That's a big deal all across. And it really, you get older homeowners and, you know, they get a two, $3,000 repair bill all of a sudden and it, you know, just blew their budget. So right. the county and the city got together and said, you know, we know this is coming. We have old infrastructure. Let's just allow for it. And. You know, so that's how they came up with this program. It's a good deal, and their expertise and process is really good to follow. Um, So I would try and let this play out through those times. Um, And, you know, the water company guy will let you know when he gets there. Um, Three just really high-level questions. Is my water safe to drink? Yes. Okay. Um, how fast do leaks like this generally progress to where it becomes more of an emergency situation? I think, like I said, I may have had this way back in September starting out, and I just didn't recognize it for what it is. Well, uh, they typically are corrosion or abrasion, and they develop slowly. Okay. So I don't think you're in an emergency thing. Okay. Uh, The potable, you know, can I drink the water? Well, the water's under pressure, so it's blowing off into the soil, and it's going out at such a pressure, it's really unusual to contaminate the water unless the repair guys show up and, you know, cut section. Now you're you're creating a a slug of... um, impure water Mm -hmm. so uh, as long as this is just a leak i wouldn't worry too much about it it is not urgent Um, and i i also um you know the winterization if they didn't quite get that um winterize for your irrigation system for your lawn if they didn't get that valve quite turned off or something like that you may have a little because one of the ways they do it on the pressure regular is they open up a few of the bleeder so you may this may be no big deal it's just oh we have to you know, f- tighten up the irrigation winterization process. You know, got it. And would all plumbing companies be able to do uh, this type of service line leak diagnosis and replacement? Or uh, diagnosis, yes. Uh, replacement. Some specialize more than others. All plumbers can do it. Some okay. sub it out to other companies that have backhoes and digging. And you know, I mean, it's a. It depends on yeah, yeah. the old time plumbers. Most of them have been doing this for a long time. So. Um, not so for, you know, like a shower repair valve guy. You might right, not do right. sewers. Yeah. Well, this is helpful. Anything else I'm just not knowing to ask that I should consider throughout this process? No, your diligence is, is my uh, comfort blanket. So when you're asking me for risk, I just think you're so uh, attuned to what's going on that uh, you probably got this pretty early, in my opinion. So okay. that's where my comfort comes from. <laughs> Maybe not yours, Jan, but okay. just congratulations. Kudos to you. Well, all right. Um, it, it, it sounds like if I would need to pay for this out of pocket, in your estimation, is this a pretty pricey plumbing situation to fix or can you give me just kind of a range of what to expect 
Um, actually, uh, they can bore under the ground. They don't have to dig up the front yard. Uh, usually just for a repair, they dig it up. Uh, but repairs can be one to $2,000, a whole new water service. Um, just that plumbing part can be five to $7,000, but then you have to go back and fix sidewalks and uh, landscape. So that the, the plumbing repair part is not pricey. The ouch part comes from if they have to dig it up to put a new one, and that's where they have these vibrating kind of groundhog things that vibrate through the soil, and they push a pipe through that hole. It's kind of a, I mean, it's a good show if you can, you know, buy the ticket, but a new surface generally will be five to $10,000. And that would be all the way replacing it from the right. curb to the house. Right. And that's, again, that's that's the next thing, because once it starts going, um, you know, I mean, how do you know it's not going to happen another? But it's right next to the house, and that's where they fail the most, because that's where they're jamming that pipe through that concrete hole, trying to make it fit. And it might, a little abrasion, a little bit of lime deterioration from the concrete. and okay. w- Weakest link. Yep. Thank you very much, and uh, another adventure of being a homeowner. <laughs> <laughs> you bet, Jan. Take care. Thanks for the call. Good Thank topic. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye now. Home Improvement. Scott Mosby, KMOX. This is fun. Uh, thanks for going along with me on this excursion. I'll be right back after this. Traffic and weather together on the 10s, mornings and afternoons on KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby back together, home improvement, phone lines open, your topics are next, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, toll free 800-925-1120. Uh, by the way, I'm Scott Mosby, I own and operate Mosby Building Arts, uh, the website, if you want to visit, check us out, or find out more about some of the topics I discuss, we have weekly articles that we Right, and this we're almost in the publishing um, service because the information we put out, people have questions, they want to go back and read, you know, some of the things. So these are online on our website. You're welcome to see them. We also have a newsletter if you'd like to sign up for that. Uh, it's kind of a neat thing about the various times a year, uh, and they couple oftentimes with some of the topics. Uh, likewise, we have a uh, maintenance calendar that is available as well that uh, and and this developed some years ago where um, I was making my um, home maintenance list of you know just started writing down you know like coil up the hoses at the end of the summer um, disconnect them from you know all the things that happens every spring every fall before the freeze I started writing some stuff down and I just made a list for me around the house and then a few other fellows at the office uh, said you know you know thank you can I use that and then they took my copy and they started adding other things that they were doing some people had lawn irrigation some didn't some had fountains and pools and various so we just made this thing bigger and bigger and then we got so close to a really good maintenance list we realized you know (laughs) this has a lot of value to homeowners Uh, maybe we should formalize this so we kind of put a little more juice into it to get a little more responsible of most of the things so there's a lot of stuff on there Uh, most homeowners will not have all this stuff but you read through there you know like winterizing your lawn more you know uh, drain the gas uh, change the oil you know little things like that that you know typically have um 
or, you know, fertilize the yard, all those, you know, because I'd always forget, oh, the pre-emergence. So the various things that Mike Miller talks about, I'm not as smart as Mike, so I can't remember for the green stuff, but for houses, yeah. Anyway, so you can call in and request that, but it's a Mosby maintenance calendar. And uh, at one time, I think we turned it into even a newsletter where once a month you get, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, phone lines right here. Bring us together, 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. And if you want to get in touch with me or Mosby Building Arts, our phone number is 314 1800 or just a big long mosbybuildingarts.com uh, for me who's memory challenged uh, just call mosby.com c-a-l-l-m-o-s-b-y dot c-o-m call mosby.com easier well let's go see uh, what's happening with my friend Tim hey Tim good afternoon welcome to lunch on T- KMOX how can I help you my friend <laughs> well good afternoon I thank you very much for your program uh, yeah. quickly I Recently got new guttering put on the front of my home, and while I was admiring the new gutters, I noticed that the uh, shingles, uh, if you look along the line of the uh, shingles, the roof line itself, uh-huh. there was a little bit of, um, I guess it would be moss or mold or whatever starting to grow on the shingles. Yes. Um, now, is there a way to, I understand that there's organic material there, and it's getting to the point where it's starting to uh respond to mother nature's uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh how is there some way that that can be uh slowed down uh to extend the, the uh or or is my roof uh you know got a year or two or something and then it's new roof time or um that and um uh i was i was just wondering how that would work out uh, you know. Well, Tim, it's usually not a big deal. Uh, it is a big risk because, you know, frankly, uh, what happens is uh, just like uh, bottomland around the Mississippi River, when it gets flat and the water slows down, it leaves behind dirt deposits. So sure, you have this kind of, okay, that's what's happening on the edge of your shingles because the surface adhesion as that water slopes down your roof. It gets to the edge and it doesn't quite drip yet. So it sits there trying to decide, is it going to drip in the gutter or is it just going to dry up and before then? And all that time, the, the dust that came down off the roof and out of the air through the rainstorm just settled right there on the edge. So you have this little Mississippi Delta thing going on in the edge of your shingles. So it's a very good soil, generally stays moist longer than the rest of the roof, and that's where the mold and mildew and the lichens start growing on the edge of the roof. Uh, Not a big problem unless you let it go uh, because that um, that buildup of the moss, the green stuff, that holds even more moisture. Moisture on a roof all the time deteriorates the building material and, off, you know, so your early death of the edge of the shingles. And likewise, that's also on a day exactly like today where, you know, maybe you're south facing or there's just enough sun and it melts the edge of the roof. So all that snow turns into water, hangs on the edge, temperature drops at five o'clock when the sun drops down and it turns right back into ice. So there are a lot of reasons why that edge of the shingles are taking it on the chin and, and growing things. But the way I do have a large uh, uh, tulip poplar tree in my front yard, which gives me much, much welcome shade. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful the, tree. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. In the, uh, uh, you know, in the uh, 
summertime it uh, it really really helps me a lot with my with my air conditioning bill but uh, yeah. um, it uh, doesn't give a whole lot of chance for a lot of sunshine to get onto the roof and dry it out so um, yeah. that's one of the complications plus I have uh, a couple of these uh, turbine type uh, roof mm-hmm. ventilator things and uh, one of them is not rotating and uh, okay. that was another question I had for you real quickly that uh, um, I are for a 900 50 square foot house is that uh, too much having two of those on the roof um could i go to uh some of the uh, plastic uh ventilators uh and then once i get the roof replaced i'll probably i'm going to want to go with the ridge vent but uh uh, i'd like your input on that too well i'll tell you what you kind of answered most of my questions there if those turbine roof vents stop turning it means the bushing or the bearing kind of wore out it takes pretty long time for those things to wear out because you know the rising heat coming out of your attic tends to move those things pretty well if it stops i'm guessing you're it's time to take a look at that roof so uh and it's free to have a good roofer come by and and take a look at the roof have them look at that but if you're going to get into turbines and attic ventilation i i and you may be a year or five or ten years before but having that conversation starting to think about what you want to do uh, because having the roof replaced is actually pretty inexpensive but then if you have to add ventilation you're cutting holes in the overhang and you're adding a ridge you know they better know what they're doing because it also ties in with attic insulation um, because at the edge there you know all that so you you wind up to do it right you're doing a roof attic insulation uh attic ventilation and typically your gutters as well are all part of that roof system in our world anyway so i I, well i'm working on the guttering right now because yeah uh, i was not happy with it uh it was holding moisture onto my roof in various spots um it was it was one of those uh add-on um um products that uh was supposed to keep your gutters clear oh, but um it was, yeah, it was yeah. holding branches and leaves and stuff on the edge of the roof so yeah so i what eliminated hold, that that issue ke- so. kept your gutters clear though um <laughs> that's, I'm not my, so sure that's my that. that's my criticism of some of those systems it's like yeah well it, it'll keep your gutters clear but may not work out for the rest of the roof <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway I, but, uh, I say that yeah, in I was, jest yeah. i was just wondering um our would two of those big uh, turbine ventilators for a 950 foot square house is that too much ventilation? No, um, no, 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 not at all. Do you have an overhang? Do you, do you have an eave yes, where sir. at the? Oh, you do. Are there vents in there? Yes. Like like intake vents. Yes. Oh, oh wow. You know what? I I think you're ready to have somebody come take a look at your roof. Um, because they will get into those ventilators. They'll look at the quality of your roof shingles. They'll look at the edge of that stuff and your gutters as well. And you'll know, you'll know if you're getting sold and you'll know if you're getting advised, you know, and there's two, there are two or three different business models for companies. Some are sellers and they just sell and whether you need it or not, then there's the advice of like, well, here's what's going on. This is how it works. And you know, you don't, you know, here's, you can do it now. You can do it in five years but do it before six you know that kind of thing so i, well, I, I was hoping uh, i was hoping to get the uh, the one ventilator uh, turbine ventilator uh, at least that one uh, removed because it's not working anyways and i'm not sure what's going in there uh, today with the snow i'm sure the snow's falling right through 
and get into the uh, attic space. So that's well, not helping my, my plan any. Well, my, uh, my concern here, uh, Tim, and the reason I'm asking about a roofer is when those bearings and bushings wear out on those uh, whirlybird uh, vents, that that usually takes about the same amount of time to wear out a, a roof. So that's why okay. I'm saying where there's okay. smoke, there's fire. And if you don't need a roof, then you don't need a roof. But you're also talking to a guy that will change the vent, you know, the whirlybird for right. you. Right. Okay. And they'll be able to uh, assess properly uh, the proper ventilation and, and systems that are necessary for that. So. Yeah, and you're uh, welcome to call our so. company, and we'll refer some roofers to you, because people that we use that we trust that will have that conversation with you. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I, I hope that I've been brief and, and allow some other folks to come on, and, and uh, I really appreciate uh, what you're doing. And uh, um, I, uh, the lady with the water pipe uh, coming into her house, I, I had always thought that the uh, the, um, the whatever the water company would have to take care of it to get to your meter, uh, but evidently that's not the case. Yeah, one, I mean, you're responsible from the meter inboard for usage of water, but that pipe that comes all the way, once that leaves, once the water main, once your pipe, your water service gets onto your property, it's basically your house. So everything out in the front Whoa. yard would belong to her, and, and that's why it's an important thing. So, Jan, you know, I, I was well, glad to talk to you. thank you for the education. Her. I really yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thanks, Tim. God bless you. Have a happy new year. And, All right, uh, you too. I'll let you get on to the next call. God bless. All right. Bye. Thanks, Tim. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, X, and that's that's why I like doing this radio show, just nice people. And I'll get into a little bit, uh, you know, I, I was nervous years ago when I first started. It's like, I can't know all those answers. You know, everybody out there is going to be smaller, smarter than just one of me, so the many are smarter than, you know, all together you're going to be more. Well, long and the short of it is, KMUX listeners are incredibly kind people. And, you know, I'm fine asking for help. And, you know, like uh, Don called in, it's like, hey, here's how you do stripping. So this is University of KMOX. I am Scott Mosby, and I'll be right back. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. All right, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, KMOX. We have phone lines open for you, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Call in, uh, vote often, vote early, vote now, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. Uh, Scott Mosby here. I talked about uh, cleaning um, uh, stainless steel, and that's uh, an important thing. Uh, really, when you get it, a good stainless steel cleaner is very good to use around the house. If you have stainless steel, you have discovered that it leaves fingerprints. Fingerprints tend to uh, the oils from our hands and cooking will stay on the stainless steel surface, uh, cause a little bit of oxidation. Oxidation builds up. It looks like fingerprints. It's hard to get off. So the stainless steel cleaner, it's like chrome for those of you that are car nuts. You need to stay on top of it. So clean your stainless steel around the kitchen uh, on a regular basis. Likewise, remember, pull the knobs off so that you can clean the gook I, I don't know if you're a cooker like you know a, a cook like me I, I you know when I'm turning the heat up and down I'm not necessarily touching it with a clean hand I'm cooking so make sure you clean those knobs 
pull the knobs straight off if you have dials or knobs and clean behind them. That's a very important thing because the stuff that builds up there is where you touch and it's a, a place for, uh, you know, unhealthy buildups of, um, you know, botulism, things like that. Uh, let's go to the phones and see what's happening with my buddy Ann. Ann, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on Camwex. How may I help here? Hi there, Scott. Thank you for your time. Um, I have recently had a driveway poured. That was in August, and okay. I had a patio poured uh, last November. So it's been over a year for the patio and a few months for the driveway. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about having them both sealed at the same time. How long do you need to wait to make sure it's all cured and all of that? Um, obviously, you can't do it in the dead of winter. Sure. So would the spring or summer be a good time if I waited yeah. too long for the patio over a year? No, no, really. Uh, the truth on concrete is it never finishes getting hard. So, you know, 80 years <laughs> uh-huh. later, it's still, you know, it's still doing its thing. It's so subtle. I mean, you're into diminishing returns. But the reality is you really just have to wait that 30 days for concrete because in 30 days, concrete hits 90% of its compressive strength. So it's pretty much 90% cured after a month. And then okay. for the next 100 years, it takes to cure out the last 10. So, you know, you can clean and seal your concrete and you still need to clean new concrete, even though it's brand new because of the dust and the, you know, the, um, you know, fine little ticks and pebbles left from finishing the cement. Um, So I would just have by cleaning. Can you use like a power power wash uh, thing if, if we have that? Yeah, well, yes, you can, and no, we don't. Uh, professionals have a whirling pressure washer that has oh. a cone. It looks like a, a hardwood floor finishing device, but it has a mm-hmm. spinning pressure washer with several nozzles on it to the point that you can wash a driveway much faster with good pressure and really get it rinsed off where you're getting a lot of water through it. So yes, you can, but you'll stripe your driveway because of the nozzles. If you can rent one of those round things, it's not, I mean, it's not rocket science to clean a driveway. Uh, It is rocket science to get stains out of concrete, but not to just generally power wash with one of those devices. And I think they are available from some of the houses, but all the professionals yeah. use that thing, and and yeah, you're you're actually prime time on both of them to have them cleaned and sealed. Yeah, so you clean it first, and then you seal it. I I understand that process. Yeah. So um, okay, I just was wondering, especially if I was waited too late for the patio. No, um, the only thing on the patio is when you get oak leaves and you know blueberry mm-hmm. bird drop. You know, it, it just makes it harder. Some of those stains don't come out, but you know, just a stain. You know, so. You'd be surprised right, how right. good some of these concrete guys can be. Okay, well, thanks for the information. Okay, thanks, Ann. All right. All right, bye now. Bye. Let's take a short pause and get a little business done before we get up. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Billiken basketball coming up and NFL football. Big day here on KMOX, so tune in, keep it going. Scott Mosby will be right back. All right, back together. Scott Mosby Home Improvement, KMOX. We are live and lively here in downtown St. Louis, broadcasting and all kinds of things. We've got snow on the ground and uh, lots of things happening here. Uh, So 
Uh, thank you for calling in. We've got some, uh, I think, uh, Billiken basketball coming up this afternoon, some NFL uh, football later on, uh, discussions on Camel X, so stay tuned. Lots of things happening. I did talk about cleaning up and keeping your stainless steel serviceable. Uh, for those of you that are into stainless steel, uh, you've learned that it does show uh, fingerprints and oils, and it will stay deposited. So keep on top of keeping that stainless steel clean. A good stainless steel cleaner matters. And, of course, my earlier comment, make sure you pull the knobs because there's a lot of gook and uh, uh, unhealthy debris that can build up behind those knobs. Uh, likewise, on kitchen storage, uh, the hide and sleek, I offered these early in the hour. Uh, are if you're having a beautiful countertop, I love countertops. It just I just call it basically uh, kitchen jewelry. But I love a good stone, natural material. Some of the man-mades are very uh, bomb-proof, durable, low-maintenance. <clears throat> but I do like good countertops. If you, like me, like to put things away, storage and having a place for everything and everything in its place, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. It's very important to have those spots. So think about where those might be. A good cabinet pantry, so having roll-out drawers in a stand-up cabinet pantry, tall cabinet, a couple of doors, open the doors, and then you've got pull-out trays. I like those pull-out shelves. Likewise, an under-cab um, microwave is a handy way to keep things off the countertop, keep things clear. Also, for bakers, you know, with a big, uh, heavy, heavy um um, KitchenAid or, or mixer, you know, some of those appliances can be 35 pounds heavy. And there are uh, cabinets where you open the door and there is a mixer assist and you just pull it, just kind of ratchets back out. We do a lot of accessible um, improvements for people in wheelchairs, walkers, limited mobility, things like that. And some of the bakers just love it. It's it's a really nice way to not handle that 35, 50 pounds. It moves with about three pounds of pressure. Uh, likewise, a warming drawer gives you a good way that you can have plates warmed up. Or if you have some leftovers, somebody's coming home late for dinner uh, or misses that uh, big gathering of family, you can put up a plate for, for that, put them in a warming drawer, close the drawer, and you can set that temperature there as well. But all the storage areas around the kitchen, it's important to think that through at the design area. Likewise, I offered, offered a topic of the difference between uh, contractor-supplied faucets and retail. Um, most big manufacturers, even the name brands, have an A and a B-grade version. Uh, the A-grade goes to... Uh, the trade. So it's direct to the trade is what we call it in the business. And what it is, is generally, for example, a faucet generally will have a brass faucet body, more metal on the inside. And the issue is when the plumber is supplying that and uh, buying it at a higher price and selling it at a higher price, their reputation goes along with it. So to the trade, those products are typically made a little more uh, stout, long-lasting, um, long higher quality, and things that are retail sold, they're designed with, okay, we want this look of a faucet to sell at $80 or $180 or three, whatever it is. So they skate to the price and they build the appliance to suit that level. So anyway, just be aware there are differences 
between A and B grade appliances, and that's typically the retail where typically consumers are more price con- price conscious. Whereas a plumber who's putting their reputation on it, uh, they're more reputation conscious and they're willing to only put in a faucet that'll last longer. So keep that in mind as you go through. Uh, Likewise, stay on top of your snow Uh, with the temperatures here. If you can clear the snow today, uh, it won't stick to the concrete, the surfaces, and uh, that's an important thing. Ice melt, remember, uh, just about anything at this temperature works. We're getting down to about 18 degrees tonight. It's going to be a little chilly tonight, so, you know, be careful there. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Stay tuned. Good afternoon on KMOX following this show. Stay tuned, and folks, we'll talk to you next week on KMOX.